Life Audio. Hey everyone, welcome back to How to Study the Bible. We are in week two of our Following Jesus 101 series, and I'm joined by my friend Rachel Toon. Hey Al, good to be back. Dean of Spiritual Formation. Could there be a larger title for... There is not a more pertinent... Um, and I, I actually I require like for a young person when my when students use my title, I require them to use jazz hands because I feel like it just sort of necessitates. Here she comes, the dean of spiritual formation, or the queen dean, as some of them prefer. Which that one I'm okay with. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Tell talk to us about the title Spiritual Formation. Like, I know it sounds pretentious, like, but it, there's something behind it. Like, for you, what does it mean? Like, what do you feel like your role is? When you think of spiritual formation, it took me at least three years, I think, to kind of <laughs> put some language around that because it is such this sort of big nebulous thing. But at least with the, the students I work with, who full range of faith from committed believers to total pagan and everybody in the middle. And so I think a spiritual formation for them in this season in their life is we're just we're moving the ball down the field. Okay. Of just inviting students into life with God and deeper into life with Jesus wherever they're at in in what that means. Mm. And so there's there's probably a more theologically robust way to think about that. But in terms of the lives of 20 year olds, I think that's really kind of how it plays out. Lives of 20 years. And once again, lives of all of us. <laughs> it's like everything we need to know. And like we're like, Rachel, just be our dean of and also because all of us are all trying to figure it out. And I find that in my life with God, there seems to be these moments of 
growth and then almost deconstruction, not deconstruction in the sense of losing my faith, but I think we should be, I would like to invite us all to be more comfortable with the word deconstruction because sometimes I just think we, if you think of your soul like a garden, you know, God plants good things, but also weeds grow up and other things and things have to be tended. And so I feel like there's seasons where there's a lot of growth and then there's some like, wait a second, what 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 does this really look like? What does justice really look like? What does the Beatitudes really look like in life? And then so you're sort of growing and sometimes pruning all the time back and forth. So yeah. maybe we're all being spiritually. We're all trying to move the ball down the field. Sure. And also, lest we kind of overinflate my role, bear in mind, I spent <laughs> most of my time teaching them how to change a tire and like calling Apple when their phone breaks. I'm really campus spiritual mom. That's what I do well, most of the time. Sometimes <laughs> I feel like that's a lot. I mean, you know, there's a lot of spiritual formation to be had when you you know, your tire blows out. That's, and that's you're on the side of the road. We're going to find out in Matthew 5. If that, that would be <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. So we're in Matthew 5, guys. We did the Beatitudes last week. Like we talked about, we're going to probably say this every week. We're like, there's so much more here. But, but, but really, though, there really is. <laughs> but we're spending six weeks. So we're going to get time and we'll we'll circle back on things when we when we need to. But let's let's go ahead and move forward. We're in Matthew chapter 5. We did the Beatitudes last week, you guys. And by the way, if you are just wanting to stay connected and get kind of the highlight reel from each week, make sure you can jump on my email list and we'll leave you the highlights there and make sure that you've got the way to subscribe to the podcast and all of that. You go to NicoleUnis.com slash real talk and that's in the show notes. It comes out every Wednesday. So just can just a little we'll give you even some different resources because that's what Rachel and I talked about before we started this podcast. She was like, oh, there's so much here. I was like, I know, Rach, but we only have 15 minutes per week. So we will give you some like other resources and things like that if you want to continue your learning in here. So that's a side note, but let's get into Matthew 5. We're going to do 13 through 16. And Rachel, why don't you read the passage for us? And then we'll do what we always do. And we'll ask ourselves, what does it say? And just observe kind of what we read and what we hear here. But I'm going to say a prayer for us first, if that's okay. Please. I love to always invite us. Sometimes we pray, sometimes out loud, sometimes in our hearts. But like, let's just take a deep breath before the Lord. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that you give us uh, minds to perceive and hearts to hear what you have for us. Would you open our ears to your word, open our eyes to see your heart in the middle of this passage? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Rach, take it away. All right. Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how could its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. The city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives lights to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Did you sing this little light of mine in church camp? Absolutely. (laughs) Hide it under a bushel. No, did you? But did you sing the don't let Satan it out because yeah, that's yeah, like that's another true. level that like is, if you but true. there's a lot to it it's, it's they're not wrong deep. it is they are not wrong guys if you don't know the song that was just a little cute song and yeah youtube this little light of mine but there's a beautiful principle right in there and for some of us we may have sang this little light of mine and we don't we didn't know that it's referring to this passage but let's talk a little bit about what stands out to us what phrases or questions do we have going into this passage well, no, when I'm when I'm looking it over, the the first thing I think about is that salt and light are two pretty normal things, and things that people like to have around. Mm-hmm. You want salt in your house, preferably the bougie kind, you know, Himalayan, <laughs> yes, right, whatever. But and we'll take any, you know, any version of it. 
and you want to have light. And I, I just have a new appreciation for this verse. I was in for the first time Cape Hatteras and the Outer Banks. Yeah. Last week. And uh, that's called the graveyard of the Atlantic. There are a thousand shipwrecks off that little coast. Yeah. yeah right. Well, and I went, truth be told, because I heard Blackbeard was there. I'm on pirate speech. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got to find the I'm there. And there's big old lighthouse there. And it, it literally is there to save lives. Yeah. Still. And it, it puts it in perspective when you're talking about, you know, pirate ships and shipwrecks and how dependent people are on lights in a way that I think modern people we take for granted because we can just turn a light switch on. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, of course, like right away, you should be like, okay, what do we want to know about salt? What do we know about salt now? What would the people who are listening to this for the first time know about salt? What do we know about light now? What would people, of course, we know that at this time when this was being, when Jesus was teaching this, there was no electricity. So again, like how important light is, how valuable light is, how much we need light, you know, all of those things come to mind. So I'm asking myself the question, yeah, like, what do I want to know about salt? What do I want to know about light? Even just thinking through, you know, what we know about it today so that I can rightly understand like how powerful this passage is. And even if you think back to your high school history class, right, the world economy kind of started with salt, right? Because people in Europe said, I would rather die and risk my life to travel across the world to get salt than continue to eat this normal food. <laughs> so there's something about it that is really compelling. Well, you know what I really like about salt, too? Like I was thinking about this the other day. I was ser- like serving some food for dinner or whatever. And or no, maybe I was actually at a restaurant. It was oh, I was at a restaurant. It was a really good restaurant. And I was like, this is bland. Like this this thing that's been, it was actually a curry and it was a homemade curry, which is, is very difficult. Like it's very labor intensive. It takes a lot to make a homemade curry. And this homemade curry, I'm like, this thing's supposed to be so good and it's not that great. And all it needed was a little bit of salt. So the minute you put a tiny bit of salt on it, every other flavor is amplified. And I think that's really interesting about salt is a little bit of it changes everything around it and makes everything better. Like not, but a lot of bit of it. It's not so good. It's great. And and even if you think about light in the similar sense, the point of a light is to illuminate the things around it. Yeah. You're you're not actually looking at the light bulb. Right. You're using it to see, enhance the experience of wherever you are. Oh, so I wonder if that's maybe kind of what Jesus is starting to get at. Oh, my goodness. So he's saying, I mean, you are like he's talking to these people let's go back remember at the beginning of the chapter it says the crowds the, the crowds who followed him he taught those who followed him which is always also really interesting to me is like hey this isn't what he's throwing out to the crowds who were looking for a miracle this is what he's throwing out to the ones who are willing to walk with him and sit down with him while he was teaching so there's some level of like commitment right and he then gives them these beatitudes and then we get into him now giving some identity statements right he doesn't say like you will be he's like hey if you're in this kingdom this is what you are. You are salt. You are light, right? Yeah. And and I think that's so much built upon one the spirit of who, who Jesus is, but also the Beatitudes and, and saying that you're going to keep coming back to this. It's the, the Beatitudes are for the spiritual underdogs in so many ways. And yet he's saying, yet in me, you this is who you are. And the Christian life is learning how to grow into who Jesus has already made us to be, which is so cool. Yeah, so it says in verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others. It's pretty plain that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So that's interesting. Like, what do you think about now we're kind of turning to action, right? So we've gotten this, the the beginning of the Beatitudes maybe is about attitude and a, a perspective, a way it's comforting, right? In some ways, 
And now we're getting to action. How do we put that together? Because obviously people are like, is it about our work? Is it not about our work? What is it about? Right. Yeah, that is such a good question. And I know and as I've kind of studied the Sermon on the Mount, even just reading through it, but also some of my church history nerdiness, it's amazing Christians' ability to sort of ninja backflip their way out of the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> <laughs> and how much of church history people have been like, he didn't really mean it. Yeah. And, uh, he, sure, surely he's exaggerating. Yeah. Sh- surely we're not actually supposed to do this stuff. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. When I think, in fact, if we just, I think the beauty of coming at Sermon on the Mountain, just reading the texts. Jesus is not unclear. Yeah, it's not unclear. <laughs> we just don't want to do it. And so it starts with grace, with the people who are blessed, with the virtues that aren't celebrated. Yeah. With the life circumstances that aren't celebrated by the world. Those are the ones who are blessed already by God. So and and circling place. back on your, de- I liked your, I loved your definition of blessed. Like you're on the right, you, you're on, you're in the right orientation toward the kingdom of God when you're in you're this place, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where we start. We're going to keep coming back to that, that, that place. And yet Jesus expects us to obey him and to grow in that. All right. He helps us do it. Uh, so it's never that we were able to really, really level up and get this. Yeah. You know, that's never the, the spirit of it. And yet Jesus really does expect to be taken seriously in these commands. And I think it would, it, it would be in our best interest to really try to get inside what he actually how he actually defines the good life, yeah. the flourishing life, which is really what's happening. Because the full blessing is not going to come like that. What I love about this part right here, when you put these two pieces together, what we talked about last week and what we're talking about now. Last week, we're talking about like, oh, like if you're when you're humble, when you're sad, when you're mourning, when you're desperate, you're right. Like Jesus wants to meet you there, but he's not going to leave you there. Like it's not. No, nope. <laughs> when you're like shining your light and doing good deeds and out there doing the thing. And if you think you can do just that, without actually a heart toward God, you're not in the right place either. It's like he combines both of them. You're not allowed to stay. You're, you're supposed to get desperate and not, not stay desperate. Not stay like, not, <laughs> not, like not stay despondent, not stay in despair. Like it's like, no, you will be, you will be comforted. Like you are pure in heart. You will see God. And then by the way, when you see God, now you're, you're going to be useful in the kingdom of God. You're not just going to be identified with the kingdom of God. You're going to be useful. And I think it's not an accident that right, Jesus does this kind of identity assessment and the, and the, the blessings of yeah, your, your kingdom membership. But then the very next thing that he pivots to is how the world experiences us. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of the back, the rest of Matthew chapter five is I think about kingdom ethics, the, the way we're supposed to be. 
And this section is what Christians are like on the outside, how they are experienced in the world around us. Yeah. Which is very interesting because I think what Jesus is getting at is ultimately all the stuff we're going to talk about, all the heart stuff, all of the the ways of living that lead to flourishing. They're not actually about me. <laughs> they're about you. It's for us to be less of a headache to our neighbor. Yeah. It's, it's so the world is blessed by what God does in us. And man, if Christians really kind of lived with that mentality, I bet our culture would feel a little bit different. Mm. I, you know, I do a lot of work, leadership work. And one of the things that is just a known axiom in leadership, not Christian leadership, just good leadership, good leaders have self-awareness and good leaders have relational awareness. They understand who they are and who they are in a room, like how they are perceived. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is what this is about. It's like Jesus is like, do you understand who you are at your core? Like how deeply you need me, how what it means to actually be a person who, right, like we talked about last week, who's discouraged, who has a bad attitude, who's like m- like yearning for real justice and real mercy in the world and like finding God there. But also, do you have situational awareness? Do you know your relational awareness? Do you know how you are in a room? Because the way people are going to know who I am is how you are in a room. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so convicting. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, and again, coming back to this, right, salt and light in just regular life are things people want to have around. Yeah. They make the environment better. Yeah. By by being present. Oh, my gosh. That's that's so good. I mean, it's just when we jump, if we jump to application, what an interesting question, right, to uh, sort of a daily self-examine. Did I make the room better today? Did I make the room I went into better? Because a lot of times, also, I think another thing that Christians do is we immediately jump out. And this is like a real deceptive ninja move, too. Let's jump out of our real life. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the news. Let's talk about like the world. Let's talk about the problems in our community. Let's not talk about you and me in this room and how if we're caring for each other well. Like, let's not talk about my family. Let's not, you know, Let's not talk about my attitude. Let's let's talk about things that I can't really control more than things that I can control, like the actual way. Like, did I make a room better today? Like, mm-hmm. And that is challenging. Well, and something that I noticed really just I don't, I, it, it's amazing how much stuff I miss. I've read, I've read <laughs> by a lot of time. And I it's still, not how much you miss. It's like, because the, the Bible's alive so and active. There. Well, that's the thing is like this is what keeps me in the Bible for the rest of my life is it is literally alive. You can read the same thing. I'm sure even right now, we're talking about things that we didn't even plan that we would talk about from this three little verses. And well, and, and as since we're going on this sort of existential tangent, I, what, what's so cool is that if that's called a rabbit trail, not an existential. <laughs> that too. Okay, that dude. Too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but what's so cool about this is if you've never read this before, you can read the Sermon on the Mount and get the gist of what Jesus is saying. Yeah. Or you, yeah. you can be tracking what he's saying. Yeah. And We've read this maybe a few times. Yeah. And there's always new stuff in there. There's always new stuff. Which is so cool. But also, so the thing that I notice, you are the light of the world. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Uh Uh-huh. And so at this point, Jesus is actually just kicking off his ministry, starting with a bang. And we just get this little hint of that, yes, this is who God's already made you, who you're going to, who you're growing into, your your identity that God has always bestowed on you. But how that's going to happen is the fact that Jesus is actually the light of the world. Uh Uh-huh. And it's through him that we are able to reflect what what he's done and what he's doing. That's an important rabbit trail and one that we'll explore a little bit more. Because, again, the the challenge, the beauty of Matthew chapter five, you could read it for the first time, get a lot out of it. You could read it for the hundredth time, go to a different layer. But the beauty and the challenge of it is it's it's calling us to do something that we cannot do without Jesus. 
And it, I would never want you to listen to this, guys, and think, oh, okay, like, I'm just going to get out there and be better. Like, I'm just going to be good today. Won't and work. Spoiler. <laughs> not going to work. It's not going to work. But it's still what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. We're still called to, like, that others would see our good deeds. But it's not because we're going to grind it out and sort of white knuckle our way into good deeds. It's because something's going to happen in our heart. Like, there's going to be an actual change of heart, right? To go back to like blessing and to go to what repentance really looks like is a change of heart. Something's going to happen in us as we keep on staying close to Jesus. I would, what I've, has kind of struck me in this kind of last pass through the Sermon on the Mount is I'm starting to actually be convinced that this is the kind of life and the kind of person that I want to be. Yeah. Or I'm like, oh, no, that that's probably better. Yeah. I, I can see. Especially it. as we get into next chapter and the chapter yeah. after and you start talking about like the way you live and the way you act and the way you practice. And so the motive is not, gosh, I got to level up or I'm going to fall off the wagon. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the heart. It's, it's man, look at look at all that could be. Look at what God has made the world to be and I could be a part of. That is so much better than the stuff that I've been doing. Oh, man. And I want to figure out how to opt into that. So good. Because it just looks like a better option. Yeah. Oh, man, that's such a great like, OK, so we ask, what does it mean for me? I mean, I think that's a great application is like, oh, this could mean I just am interested in opting into more of this. I mean, I think that that could be a prayer, you know, each day is like, Lord, help me be aware of what it looks like to be a citizen in your kingdom. That for me is like that feels like a in some ways an abstract concept. But I really do believe that if you pray in the spirit Lord, help me be aware of how to be a citizen in your kingdom. He will comfort you. He will correct you. Like the spirit will convict you. You will, you will be present with the Lord in your day to day. So for me, like that's what I'm, I'm taking away is that, is that simple action. And maybe I'll just, I think maybe that's the first half of the prayer in my mind. And the second half is, all right, God, in this room with people that I'm here to buy, am I reflecting a light that's making the room better? And I'm only going to do that because you're going to help me. Yeah. (laughs) And you've cast a vision for all that life can be you know what you got a bad attitude just leave the room take a deep breath shake it off and then come back in the room be like okay i need to i'm not really like it's truly convicting and also clear of like oh i should care a lot about the way i come into a room whatever that room is a meeting room your living room you know like wherever you find yourself your classroom like okay let me take a deep breath and say oh no like the way i shine my light today matters and i'm i i didn't come in right i'm gonna come in again so All right, you guys. Good luck in those rooms this week. We'll talk with you next week. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.